is it. We are officially rolling. This is episode, I didn't write it down, but I know what it is. It's episode 361 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson. We're at Acme. It's their podcast. We took a week off. We had Dana Gould on two weeks ago. We are back stronger than ever with one of our favorites, Sean Patton is here. I am. Thank you. So was the last episode I did episode 311? No, because we've skipped some weeks. Oh, okay. But good guess? Uh, you know what? I like to I like to show you that I remember. Uh, 318 to be exact. Oh, so you skipped a few weeks. Yeah. Was it because of the comedians? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> vacation. I took a vacation here and there. There's a couple of comedians that, uh, you know, there were some people that came into town just on like a Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah, sure. So it's pretty difficult to get one uh, that in, would, in those that would, weeks. That would definitely fuck with my head if I got here one week and it was like, huh? And then I look at the, they give you the sheet with press and there's no Severson. And I'd be like, oh, are you guys not doing no laugh track anymore? Like, oh, no, he's doing it twice a week now. <laughs> Like, oh, so I'm just nice. Like, yeah, yeah, he just, he just said he'd pass. <laughs> All because of episode 361. That's right. Like, what? What did I say? Shitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 318. And as we learned, uh, as I figured out last night, exact week that you were here last year. Exactly. And the reason I know that, and we figured it out somehow. We were, uh, I came here with last night, as you yeah, know, yeah. with my wife right. and another couple who we figured out on the way here, actually, during the show. We brought them last year. Same couple we brought with Holy last year. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I did not do the exact same set. You definitely didn't. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. No, you definitely mm-hmm. did not. And Caitlin Cook, who was uh, doing the feature set do, last do, night. Well, doing a guest spot. Guest spot. Yeah. Guest spot. Pardon me. Guest yeah. spot. Uh, her material, they were like, oh, yeah, and this is different, too. So they recognized her from last That's year and nice. everything. Yeah. yeah. Real fans. Yeah. Of, of they pay attention. So oh, what I'm saying is I have some sort of tradition going, coming to see you uh, if with I, this with uh, our friends Matt and Susie. I so. will. Okay. I officially, because also last night there was a group of like 24-year-olds who last year was their, one of their birthday, one of their birthdays. Yeah. On, uh, every year is one of their birthdays. <laughs> but on December 12th, December 4th is one of those kids' birthdays. And he came last year. No shit. And saw me and brought the same crew. So they came back and were like, ah, dude, you got to come back every year for my birthday. No way. And it was funny because last year they were like crazy shot-centric, shit-faced. Okay. Like they were at the bar afterwards last year just like, we're going to, let's do some shots. This year they were far more like, I'm old. The dude was like, well, I'm older now. I'm 24. (laughs) I'm like, get the fuck out of here. 24. (laughs) Like I would, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now. And I'm like I'm like jealous. Yeah, right. That you have this sort of reserve at I know. your young, tender, not even old enough to rent a car. Oh, right. Age, you uh-huh. fucking prick. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a cool. But he's a cool kid. And his friend. They all seem to be like good twenty-four-year-olds. They didn't. I, yeah. They didn't uh, stand out in the crowd last yeah. night as being. Like, it was a good crowd. Everybody was cooperating. Everybody yeah, was I, uh, behaving well. Yeah. I mean, because I think that's like a. That's like a, 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 I believe, a very common misconception. Now, it all definitely matters and pertains to what kind of comedian you are, personally, as a comedian. But I think, in general, the idea that you want audiences to be young and drunk is a very common, is, is, it's, a, it's a misconception. I do not agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, like when, when you get an audience full of 22-year-olds, sometimes that's a... Terrible crowd. And you're saying 22-year-olds, not 22-year-olds. No, definitely not 22. I mean, I don't know. I, 
I, I would rather perform for 22-year-olds <laughs> than 22-year-olds. We did talk briefly at the bar yeah. before this. Uh, you, you're going to work on some baby material? Well, I got some jokes. You know, I'll be the first uh, headlining baby comic. <laughs> They'll get it. They'll crush. I'll damn, just, damn right. I'll just terrify them all into, into laughter. <laughs> right. I, I don't even know if a t- I guess a two-year-old can laugh. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some of the best so just, jiggles around, actually. So just me doing this for... Ah! For... <laughs> Yes. And I were on stage. Just, where's he going? Ah! No, where'd he Crushes go? Where'd he go? But no, I mean, I, not all toys. There are, of course, very intelligent, wonderful 22-year-olds out there who are great audience members, I'm sure. But for the most part, there's just such a, like, there's a there's a lack of life experience that can sometimes lead them to just, and also, like, kids, I don't even know what generation that is anymore, but <laughs> they're, they're just, they're, everything's different for them. Like, they, and I don't blame them. I'm not that... I will not be that older guy who's like the fucking kids today don't get. I want. I, I don't blame them. I blame just the way society. We are. We are all somehow responsible yeah. for whatever every generation does after us. Mm-hmm. But they just came up in a world where everything's shorter. As far as you know, it's all content. It's all quicker. It's all fucking coded. It's all. It's all immediately at their disposal. It's at their, and they know how to multi-consume. They know, like, to them, like, the idea of, like, watching a live comedy show and having something on their phone playing that they can just look down at every now and again isn't weird. Right. How about just paying for anything? That, too. I, I mean, mean, yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, yeah. I have my, uh, you know, like 13 and 11-year-old. They're not 22-year-olds or 23-year-olds, mm-hmm. but I watch them consume uh, stuff. It's They don't... They don't have any money, but they don't pay for shit. They're okay with... Uh, if they like a song, they're okay yeah. with going on YouTube... And sitting through the commercial to then listen, it's not a problem for them. At all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at a certain, I, I, after this, society crumbles. Whenever the next society uh, <laughs> and, and is digging through all of the, the, you know, listening to all the podcasts from the previous society sure. to uh, <laughs> see what they could do better. I hope one of the historians, hundreds of years now, comes across this episode, episode 361, and hears this part you don't have to keep going with everything. Correct. You know what I mean? Like not like cellular, like mobile devices. We should have stopped at the iPhone five. We didn't need anything, even the three. And after that, it's it's just masturbatory. Now the shit you can do with your phone. It's like, do you need, do you need that? Do you need three fucking cameras on your phone? No. Do you need that high def, that resolution. Do you need? It's just the constant distraction from everything. And again, not blaming the youth. It's older people, probably our age, who pushed yeah. it to be invented. They you were know, the developers. Invented yeah. it themselves, uh-huh. and and just to make money. Like you don't have to keep going with everything to make more money. Like even we were talking, Brandon and I were talking today. Uh, there's a there's a bullet that they make now called a tracking. It's like a tracking bullet okay. or a tracer bullet. So it basically means that when you shoot something, you can then trace it somehow as it keeps going, which means you're not good at shooting things if it's not dead and you still need to track it down. GPS inside that thing? I don't know. The guy, he was pretty vague about it. The what guy was- What the hell? Um, but also, like, the guy was telling us it's no, they're known to also start fires. Oh. Because it's a h- extremely hot round. So it's like if you miss the thing, it'll just set the entire area around it on fire. And it's like, so they've come up with bullets that are more, that kill better, mm-hmm. that have more kill pot. Like, what? 
we don't need to do any right. more bullet technology. Yeah. People used to hunt and, and yeah. get enough with a crossbow, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a real, that's a real hunter. You go out there with a bow and arrow. That's go some, out there with a sling. That's someone who goes out there and tastes the dirt, <laughs> you know, and like looks and like can see, can see air. Yeah. Can like see the, I can see where, what they've breathed in, their breath trail. You can see a breath trail. <laughs> that deer just farted. I could smell it. Yeah. That, that's a hunter. But yeah, a guy, uh, I got bullets. These bullets, when they come out, what they do is, what, what, what do we say? It was like, they come out, it'll start dating the person you shot at. And develop a real bond with them and then break up with them out of nowhere. Just completely emotionally destroy them. Then and gets, they'll get back on Tinder. Yeah. Then they'll go take their own life with a different bullet. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, man. That's how these bullets work, man. <laughs> uh-huh. They're the mind fuckers. You know, they're made specifically for an AR-15. But it's just, we don't, I feel, anyway, point being, just the, I find younger crowds, it's, it's hard to sometimes deal with. Even watching them watch comedians they like, even watching like younger crowds fawn over hotshot young comedians, they're still not paying attention. Yeah, or it's just it's just weird. Like it seems like there's no connection. It seems like with age, you also realize age is bullshit. Like it's it's you're t- we're told our age and we keep track of our age. I truly believe this. <clears throat> it is. I'm not going to say a conspiratorial thing, but it, it's like religion. It's a form of crowd control. It's a form of because you're taught to think about your age. Everyone stresses about their age. And you're at by certain ages, you should be doing certain things. You should have a degree by this age from college, which costs money. You should have a job at by this age, which is about money. You should buy a home and a car and all of these things, which is, again, about consumerism. Like it's... It's almost like this perfect – I don't know if it started out this way, but now it is this perfect way to make people think, like, I have to consume these things by these ages. And in order to consume these things, I have to be at a certain place in life by this age. Yeah. It's all bullshit. It's, it's all bullshit. It, 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 I'm 41 years old. I don't feel old. Do I still have time to start a savings account? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think you're all right. <laughs> I mean, but don't do it in the banks, brother. <laughs> Get you a shoebox, and only you know where the location. You of know it, it is. man. Cryptocurrency. Shoot, shoot it with a uh, with a tracer bullet, so you can keep track <laughs> yes. of your, your your money box. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, crypto. <laughs> yeah, man, I got crypto, but not in the bank, brother. <laughs> I got crypto under my mattress. <laughs> but no, like the fucking I don't know. It's just, but point point being is like I don't. I think we're such a youth obsessed culture. Where it's like, I, I love performing in front of a bunch of fucking 30-year-olds. Because it's a bunch of people who just had their fo- their first dose of like, oh, shit. It's a it's the next phase of life. Yeah. You know, you're not considered this whippersnapper kid anymore. But you're not old. 30 is not old. If you're about to turn 30, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah. Nothing's going to change. You got a lot of great stuff ahead of you. You got a lot of great. You got life. Your 30s are fun. Give me an audience full of... You know, somewhat sober 30-year-olds over shit-faced 23-year-olds any day of the fucking week. Now, along those lines, let's talk about a tweet I saw of yours from a few months ago. Uh, And I've actually brought up, I'll tell you this right now, I've actually brought it up to a few of my guests since I saw it, just to get their opinion. Sure. And I'll say what it is. You had a tweet. It was some of the effect of... Uh, here, hey, comedy clubs, take this. Uh, something like, instead of a two drink minimum, which for the record Most does clubs. not exist at Acme. Well, 
does not exist at any good club. Okay. Acme, of course, I think sets the bar across the country, but Acme doesn't do it. Like, Comedy on State doesn't do it. Okay. I don't think Comedy Works in Denver does. I think there's, like, a good handful of clubs that do not do it because they understand it's fucking, it's obsolete. It's an obsolete rule. Yeah. But anyway, keep continuing. So you're saying instead of having the two-drink minimum, how about a three-drink maximum? maximum? Yeah. And I'm assuming there's a story behind that. I just, because, look, um, the reason I said the tweet is because it was like I was saying earlier, I truly believe it is pushed upon audiences, not at, the, not at a good club, but at some of the, you know, some of the lesser clubs, they push alcohol sales on the, on the audience. They, they have bucket of beer specials. They have shot specials. They have two for ones. They have all this. And it's because they're a business yeah. and they have to sell to, to, to stay, to stay fucking alive sure. as a business. I, I understand the business part. A lot of people want to, I, I, I fucking get it. Business is not as complicated as some people want to make it out to be. However, it's short-sighted because what they're doing is you're getting audiences sometimes who are fucking housed, who are just completely out of their mind shit-faced. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks for the comedian. It sucks for the staff. And a lot of times it sucks for the small percentage of that audience who maybe doesn't really drink. Yeah. Who or, isn't hammered out of their minds. Who, or who yeah. isn't hammered out of their minds and who actually paid to see some fucking comedy. Yeah. And then the, the then you hear people will say, well, you're a comedian. It's your job. No, it is not. My job is not to deal with shit fit to babysit. My job is to fucking convey ideas humorously, to open your mind up to things you never maybe considered through humor. It is not to babysit a table full of drunk fucking assholes who are so wasted that they can't keep up. They can't stay listening to you. Yeah. They can't. Can, they, 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 they lose track of where you are. They didn't hear something you said. I'll, you, you say something like you're doing a joke about the University of Alabama, hypothetically, and they're like, roll time. Roll Tide! And then that becomes what it's about. Yeah. They heard they heard you shout their alma mater or just a college that they know the fucking battle cry to. And they want to show that off. And and then it's a, it's a point, and then you have to keep turning your attention to these drunk people and doing bullshit base-level crowd work, which is not fucking fun for anyone. Right. It's amusing for a few seconds, and then it's like, here we go again. Drunk guy, what? Oh, cool. What, what's happening? And then, and a lot of these clubs won't throw people out right away either. And they tell you afterwards, they're like, well, we, you know, some big comedians like to play around with them and we don't know when. It's like, but you should be able to, you should be able to tell. Yeah. The fifth time, I'm like, come <laughs> on. But my God, I, you hope so. Yeah. But like, you get, and it's, it's like, what's a good way? It's like a way I could equate it. It's like, it, it's hard to be a chef if, you are in a kitchen and the audience or the, the patrons are allowed to walk in and keep tasting what you're doing. It's hard to what you'd be. You'd be if you were a chef, you'd be like, I can't fucking prepare these dishes. Yeah. If you keep fucking letting people come in and just grab ingredients and eat them right there. That what I'm going to end up giving them is a garbage dish. Um, I can't perform surgery if you don't if you give the fucking guys cocaine. Instead of lyocaine. Like, I can't. 
It's like I want to see that though. A lot of you know, but like I can't, I can't play football. I can't play football if you won't let me put a helmet on. Yeah, like I can't perform for an audience if they are too inebriated to listen. Have you ever you know? written off a club? Like fuck it, I'm never going back there There's because a, of where they. And you know, yes, yeah, you have. There are quite a few clubs. I, I do not. Ever intend to work, and we're not talking about just like a one night at a bar or like no. a thing. Like I'm talking there's a, comedy there, clubs. There's, there's some garbage comedy clubs in this country, and if I were more of an asshole, I would gladly rattle them off right now. Right, but but that that's why I deleted the tweet. Okay, because ultimately, like, and that's the other thing. Speaking of business and long term business, the reason I suggest a three drink maximum is because you're going to hit that maximum. Everyone, when people hear minimum, they get a little weird. Like ah oh, fuck. Gotta buy two drinks. Yeah. When they hear maximum, they're like, well, that's bullshit. I'll, well, I'm going to get all three. If you have an audience full of people who can only get three drinks. Now, granted, they might be a little shit-faced when they show up. I understand you can't fucking control that. Correct. But also, by the time I get the headliner gets on stage, if they've only been able to have three drinks as opposed to a bucket of fucking Bud Light, it's a different audience. And you're, you're setting an expectation. And if you're a business that can't sustain off every audience member buying three drinks, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked from the top, and you need to figure something out. But, like, that's what I'm saying. A three-drink maximum, that that's 20 bucks a person, maybe more in some clubs. And well, probably you, more than 20. Yeah, yeah, and if you fill the room, that's enough for your business to sustain. That's enough for your staff to stay busy. That's enough for your staff to get tipped mm-hmm. well. And it's and it's but it's it's a limit to where you are not going to the audience isn't going to be fucking out of their mind shit faced yeah. and then the comedian is going to have a better time on stage is going to have a better crew to perform in front of and the show is going to be better and then afterwards that crowd's going to want to hang out at your venue and drink more Yay. drink more because you didn't have to throw them out because they were fucking hammered but. No one wants to think long-term outside of maybe six clubs in the country. Yeah. Seven for, the, for the record, at Acme, if you come to a show, as soon as that show's done, mm-hmm. happy hour. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about this club. Generally, the staff is on top of anyone who's too drunk immediately. Yeah. I don't even notice. Some, it's more often than not I will hear that someone drunk got thrown out for being drunk here after the show. Yeah, and then nice. I'll be like, you threw out an eight-top? And they're like, yeah, and they got rowdy and threw a punch. <laughs> and I'm like, they did? And I'm like, yeah, and their taser was involved. I'm like, what? <laughs> and you don't know at all because the audience is focused on you. Yeah. The staff here are like fucking samurai ninjas even. Mm-hmm. They just, I mean, I'm convinced they've made people disappear. What do you think that room is behind <laughs> exactly. you? Exactly. Huh? Yeah, I've yeah. never seen those doors yeah. open. I'm convinced some guy got told twice to, uh-huh. to shut up, and then that there was no third time. Uh-huh. And then that guy also just gone. Yeah. And his credit card never existed. Yeah. If this place uh, ever yeah. closes, they're going to open those doors behind you there, and it's going to be... I'm actually convinced... There's a, there's it's a... going to be like Geraldo opening yeah. that freaking Capone's <laughs> vault. Dude, dude, just, yeah. <laughs> just bones. <laughs> and a lot and a lot of Tommy Hilfiger shirts. A lot, of, a lot of popped... A lot of collared fucking... A lot of polo collared shirts. But, like, I feel like... Every went every Saturday night. There's like a tradition here after your last show of the week, where you hang out with the staff. Oh, yeah. and you get nice and housed. Mm-hmm. And you know, generally it's like you don't pay, but then it's like, oh, I know who pays. It's everyone they've made disappear. 
It's all those credit cards that uh, <laughs> that, that that this one's on a uh, this one's on Terrence Matthews. That's right. I think that might be a real person. Oh, uh, this one's junior. On, yeah, this this one this oh this night's on uh, Franklin Frankie Jefferson. That guy, remember him? He brought in a four top and wouldn't stop going meat packing. When I said I was from New York, remember that guy? There's another one. When I'm like I'm from New York, and someone's like Brooklyn. I'm like, are you from Brooklyn? They're like. They don't say anything. Heard of it. And then later, Brooklyn, because they're too fucking wasted. Their minds yeah. on, their minds skipping, you know. <clears throat> but I took it down. Here's why I took it down because I'm gonna be because I'm also enough of a goddamn, you know. I I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm self aware enough. I unfortunately am at a point in my career where I do not sell enough tickets to say shit like that. I don't. And that's that's on me. I'm okay. I'm doing better. I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to put more out there so more people know who I am and want to come see it. But I am in no position to fucking shit on clubs that might want to give me work uh, because of a tweet like that. Sure. Because these days there are so many fucking comedians and so many options that I don't want a club to think that I'm difficult to work with. I'm not difficult to work with. No. I have integrity about what I do on stage, and I expect a certain level of integrity and respect from, and respect from the staff because I give it to them. But, you know, I'm pretty clear about what I fucking hate in regards to that. But I'm not, I'm not going to throw shit out there until, like, if I was at a level where I'm selling 50,000 tickets a year, then, yeah, I'd be more of an asshole about sure. it because then I wouldn't need some of these clubs. But some of them I need. I need. Yeah. And I'll deal with the bullshit. And I'll suggest it to this. It's not like I throw that out there and don't. Like I'm not passive aggressive about it. That, it's it's not on the rider you side when you absolutely not. <laughs> that, contract. That night was based off of a club that is not a bad club. It's a club that I like a lot in Atlanta, but the, the audience was housed out of the fuck. Like there was a woman up front who kept passing out. Oh no! And at first, I've was, seen. I've never right. seen that here, but I've seen that at other clubs. And it's at first, bad. it was at first it was hilarious, and we all got a laugh out of it. And then forty minutes into my fucking set. I, it, we all realized, like, we can't get away from this. Doesn't matter. I would go off on tangents. I would do five minutes. I would do material. I would do, excuse me, I would do my best to pull the focus of the entire room away from this fucking woman who kept nodding off and wasn't getting asked to leave. But it didn't matter because eventually it would just slowly work its way back to her and the fucking show sucked and I was pissed about it. But I told the owner. Okay. I told them. I was like, this is why you need a fucking, this, there should be. And their reaction wasn't like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. But it was also like, well, that's just not the way it is. Not a bad idea, though, which is why I tweeted it. Okay. But then was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I should just be bold and put that shit out there and just be like, this is how, but, because I do believe it. I do stand by that. Yeah. But. There was something we were talking about a little bit before we uh, another thing we started talking about before we were recording that uh, my my party last night we were right. sitting pretty close to the stage we were uh, like what would we say second row if there are yeah, rows right. here you were right there I didn't realize that and uh, there was a group of people in front of me and there was a gentleman that I don't know maybe a third into your set I laughed at something really hard and he kind of and he looked back Standard. over. <laughs> and he looked over his shoulder, and it seemed like he was looking at me. I never broke, my, I, I never took my vision away from you in the stage, right. but I could tell he was looking back. And then for the whole rest of the evening, so the other two thirds of your set, he right. was basically like side saddling his chair and like looking back at me, my wife, and like I was like, what is he? 
I don't know if he was looking for like a, a laughing partner. Like, oh, yeah. all right, if I, he's he's laughing hard, so now I got permission, and now I'm joining this group that's having fun. I don't know coach. what it was. The laughter coach. I don't know could, what that was. Could have been just a lonely guy looking for two couples to creep out. <laughs> no, or I think, or like, yeah, because I thought when you told me that earlier, I thought you were saying that you laughed really hard, and he looked at you in like a. <sighs> You fucking laughing at that way? Oh, that would have been bad. after every joke was just making sure you were laughing at the right kind of shit. <laughs> which I'd have been like, that's... Motherfucker, <laughs> you better not be. <laughs> <coughs> You're going to get Severson. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, uh, when I get excited, my throat closes up. <laughs> That's a long story, you know. No, he. I will say he was definitely having a good time, and he, you know, he was laughing as well. So I'm still not sure what that whole thing was about. But it was like, I, you don't need my permission to laugh, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I also he, uh, he seemed to be a little. Um, he was just a little older yeah. than probably the average age in the crowd last night. Yeah. And there was one time uh, during your set, you were talking about ah. Uh, uh, like the start with drugs, starting yeah. off like softer ones and getting harder. Hard, and as yeah. you went into that, yeah. he looked at the woman he was next to, and they both like shook their heads, like I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like well, you should try more fucking experiment, more brother. I think he got to Molly, and they were like, uh, huh? Yeah. I don't know what he is talking about. <laughs> that's 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 another thing that uh, I a much wiser person than me. Said this, I can't fucking remember the, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was it's along the lines of like, um, you could tell how intelligent someone is. This is, I mean, it's kind of mean what I'm about to say. Whatever, <laughs> you could tell how intelligent someone is by how quickly they they ask, they say what when they don't understand something. Meaning, the more intelligent you are, the more you're willing to just listen it out, wait to hear the end of the fucking whatever it is. Because maybe you'll have figured it out by then. Hmm. Or, or maybe it's not intelligence. Maybe it's patience. Because, yeah. Because then, because someone who hears something that they don't understand immediately goes, what? Like, yeah. Why don't you listen for two more seconds? You might piece it together. You deal with that a lot as a comedian. I'm not just saying f- as me. And right, right. I'm not up here fucking expounding, you know, uh, my my dissertation on, uh, you know, poet Latin poetry from f- pre-Jesus era. You know, I'm up here f- talking about... You know, semen coming to life, <laughs> but but like I, which I I love that bit, but um, but but um, you get that sometimes where you're talking, and I'm, I'm not, not just me. I've seen it with other comedians where they're they're like they're doing a setup, and it's all going to be explained by the time they get to the punchline. It's a journey they're taking you on, and they know where they're going. They're yeah. captain, of, but people, what? I don't. What is that? It's like what? Give it thirty three more seconds, and you're gonna love it. But now you've ruined it. Now you've ruined the pacing. Now you've fucked up the timing of the bit. Now the comedian's going to have to start over or acknowledge you or worse, just pretend like they didn't hear you. That's a feeling I fucking hate Yeah. when I'm a comedian and someone interrupts. But I know that if I acknowledge the interruption, it's going to fuck the timing and the momentum of the bit up. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to push through. But I'm off. I'm slightly... I'm not at I'm not at 100 percent now. Yeah, because you you know it's shit. The ship's rocked. I'm at 96. percent People, are, no one's going to notice this but me. People are still going to hopefully love the bit, but I'm going to go backstage and be like, motherfucker, I was all I was just slightly a second and a half off of how how I normally like to deliver that, and it didn't get the laugh I like. You Let's know? talk about you got an album coming out. I do. 
You recorded it in September? I recorded it September at uh, Helium. Any problems there? It's the recording? Helium. Everybody cooperate? No, I mean, that's, you know, fuck, dude. Recordings can always be... I, I don't know. Sometimes they're... That, this, this was a good one. Good. In the sense that we did it very... And this is a credit to Mark Grossman, the guy who owns the label and the club to it. Um, he had this because I wanted to do it in Philly because it's Helium Records. They have a, they're, they're one of the good clubs. They're one of the clubs that gets it, right? Um, they Wait, have, the club has their own label? The club has their own label now. Helium, yeah, Helium Records, yeah. Jeez, I know. Fair. I think other clubs should do this. As I'm looking to the Specifically back. Specifically clubs that we're sitting in now <laughs> that oh. everyone loves recording in because of the amazing setup. And the acoustics, how it sounds like you're inside of the comedian's head. Hear that? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I wanted to do it in Philly, right? Because that's, that's a wonderful club. And at the time I wanted to do it, they were like, we don't have any available open dates, open weekend dates in Philly during that month, though. And I was like, no, I want to do it because I wanted to get it out this year because I just had an hour set that I was like, I have to put this out there. And it's time. It's I, I, materials like your, your your material is like children. You create it, then you raise it. It's gonna make a few choices on its own, but you do your best to guide it to where it becomes a functional, high performing member of your hour. Yeah. But eventually, you have to set it free. You have to let go and let it be out there. Do it. You know. Otherwise, it's gonna be thirty living on your couch. <laughs> Fucking, you know what I'm saying? Using Eat, your gas card. Eating out of house and home. Right, right, right. Just embarrassed. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. You're embarrassed by that bit. You never let it, it never got out. So you got to fucking let it out. And I wanted to do it in September. And he, and Mark was like, we have week, what about weekday? What about weekdays? I was like, I would fucking love, fine. I, I like doing weekdays better anyway. Uh-huh. We could talk about that if you want to, but I like week, I always prefer performing on the weekday. And he was like, we're going to, so we did a Wednesday night recording. And then a Sunday night recording. Yeah, I saw and, you did a Sunday. Yeah, and then the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I went to a different club. Oh, wow. Then, like, worked on it more. So I got to hear the Wednesday night recording oh, wow. and make any improvements at the club that weekend. And then I went back for Saturday. It was just a slightly more tinkered up. That sounds um, like a good, good idea, good way to do it. It was. It yeah. was. And then I did all the, 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 a gentleman named Jeremy Essek did the editing, but I did, like, I did the editing notes. And I got, like, nitpicky. I'm not going to lie, because there's two sets, and I was like, I'm going to take the best. I want to merge these and make the best version of that set. So I was, like, moving words. Okay, wow. I was like, I want this. The way I go, huh? And this version is better on this first recording than it is on the second one. But the rest of the bit fits better. And, you know, so it was a lot. And he was totally down, and he did, he did a beautiful job. I'm very excited about this album. Comes out? Uh, the 10th. Of de- 10th of December. 10th of December, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Next week? Next week. It's available for pre-order now, but yeah, it comes out on the 10th of December. I have already uh, done the pre-download oh, on yeah. uh, Apple Music. Yeah. So there's like one track you can already listen to. The one you can listen to, which is really interesting because it's a track that is not one of the singles. You know what I'm saying? Like Because you, you have to pick out singles. Like they can play on the radio or okay. on, yeah. um, on Sirius XM exactly. and whatnot. That'll, but that the bit that is available for pre-order is definitely like... It's an interesting choice. It's like six minutes long or so. Yeah, they're all long. I'm a fucking long-winded asshole. But like, like that stop. that that bit is very... If you listen to it by yourself, you're going to have some questions. Because it's the two bits before it that set it up, really. But I like that it was the one that was chosen. Because, you didn't get to choose. 
you let the algorithm choose that one, okay. and you don't want to use one of the singles. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it was just a thing of like, oh yeah, I like that this and the guy Jeremy. It was his. He he said the same thing, but it was like, it's 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 you may be slightly confused because it's a bit about someone else that I talk about two tracks earlier. Yeah, but if you think it's funny, you'll love the album. I think that's a good. It's like yes, it might be slightly confusing, but it's just a taste. And if you like it, you'll love the album. And I'm, I'm very excited. I, I haven't put out an album in a long time because yeah. I've been holding off for fucking ever, uh, fighting to get a special, which is which may happen next year. But I got tired of waiting. And I will say, like, yeah. like I always do, I listen back to the last time we did this a year yeah. ago. Yeah, and then we talked about special, and you were really mm-hmm. thinking that it was going to happen this year. It was. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It was. I. I, I <laughs> It's something I don't want to get into because I've, I've I've moved on. That's fine. But it's just a thing of like this year I had, I don't know, I don't give a fuck, I'll talk about it. Like, um, <laughs> like I, I, I had, two years ago I had sold a show to FX, which is great. But when you sell a show, that doesn't mean, you know, you hear that and you're like, oh my God, it's all. But, Congrats, you did but it. But it's, it, that's just the tip of an iceberg. So basically when you sell a show, you're only selling the idea. And they then... They buy that idea, and by doing that, they're pay- they then pay you. To- they're paying you to write the pilot, essentially. Yeah. But about the idea that they liked and they approved, they're like that's the idea, and they pay you. It's not a lot of money, but it's money, and you're like, oh, cool. And my the guy I created the show with and I, we got paid to write a script and work with some producers who were hired by FX to tailor the script and send it back to the network, and they gave us a couple rounds of notes, and it's all this, you know, we made adjustments. But then we got to a point in the process where they had the option to either continue it or pass, and they chose to pass. So it means the show's not happening. It means it's just, okay, you guys can have your idea back. Okay. And it was there's a show on FX right now called Mr. In-Between. It's an Australian show. I highly recommend it. Okay. It is a very, very good show, and it's also the reason our show got passed on. Because it was just too, the ideas were too similar. No kidding. And they, it's a show that was developed and was a hit in Australia. And FX picked it up and put it on, and it was just like, oh wait, these shows are pretty similar. We've already got this one; it's already made. And we got passed on. And part of my FX was is doing specials now, and I think I was in. I'm, I'm, I have my reason to believe that I was in line to get. To possibly get one of those, they're doing comedy specials. They're doing comedy specials now. They've done a couple. They've shot a couple. They haven't aired any. They haven't aired them yet. No. Okay. Um, and they they use great comedians. And FX is a great network. But I think because my show got passed on, I don't think I'm going to get one of those FX specials. Now. Yeah. So it's like, and that's the that's the second time that's happened to me because a few years ago, uh, I sold the show. Same, we sold the show to CISO. Oh yeah. But at the time. Everyone was trying to get in on CISO. Hell yeah. And part of the deal with CISO was a CISO special. Mm-hmm. And then a month and a half later, after everything was up and like, we're doing it. A month and a half later, CISO gets killed. Yeah. They fucking axe. They take CISO out back and put two in its head. Mm-hmm. No tracer bullets because they don't want anybody to ever find it. <laughs> you know? They weren't going to invest that type yeah, of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So it's it's now twice. At the, I mean, look, I'm not blaming the industry. I get it. It's a business they got to do what's best for them. It's it it's it's. Not, I'm not mad at anyone. It's just one of those like I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Stop waiting. Stop putting your 
career and your faith in the hands of the industry and put it in the hands of people. Sure. Just get get your get stuff out there. So it's interesting now yeah. that because uh, I, I don't have a lot out there compared to other comedians. I really don't. No, you don't. I've been holding back for years. Being like, I need the right platform. And I realize now that's not a thing anymore. Like, there, there is no correct platform. The yeah. correct platform is just uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. That's the platform. So yeah. I just start, got to put out more. But anyway, so sorry, go ahead. What the fuck was I going to say? Um, now, now I was paying attention to you and it slipped my mind. Um, beep, boop, 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 boop. Oh, I know. Yeah. Net- a year ago, we were talking about uh, some, something yeah. similar to this. And that was right before they dumped all of those. You know, specials from around the world. Yeah. yeah. Now, this year, a Netflix is doing less specials. Of course. However, now you just said FX is doing some, and so is uh, HBO Max. I just read this morning that new HBO streaming yeah. service is going to start. Yeah. They're going to have a, a whole handful of uh, hour-long specials. Everybody's getting into on the special game. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a tricky conversation too because like I don't I don't want to I don't ever want to take away. Or shit on someone who gets an opportunity. Because you just, you know, when you're a fucking comic, when you're four years in and you're hanging out at the back of open mics and doing, you know, strange, shitty gigs on the road or in a city and you're going on at 1 a.m. and you're in the back of the room and you're just shit talking every comedian you dislike. And you, yeah, that's fun. That's a fun time. But as you get more into this, you sort of realize like it becomes a game of survival. And, you, you ch- some people choose an easier route than others, and I and I don't. Ten years ago, I'd shit on them. Now it's like, no, I get it. Like I can't fault you for taking the easy route or for doing the thing that works, you know. And because uh, put yourself in that put yourself in that position suddenly, like I mean, a, a classic one, a classic, if not the classic, is Larry the Cable Guy. You know, it's like he was a struggling comedian, Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> Is that his name? I think so. I don't know. No, it's Dan no, something. Dan, uh, Dan Whitney. Dan yeah. Whitney. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That guy was a struggling comedian who did a fucking character on the radio yeah. that now that suddenly people were lining up to see. <clears throat> it's like, I don't give a shit how... Uh, I don't, uh, that, that's a hard decision to be like, no, no, I'm going to stop doing that character and be Dan Whitney again. Yeah. Like, it's a hard... And like... You know, do I think I would make that fucking decision? That guy's shoes. A decade ago, I would have said absolutely. Now I would say probably, but I don't know for you know what I'm saying. I yeah. don't know for sure. It's a hard fucking moment when you're at a certain age. You know, it's all part of that age thing I talked about earlier, where you start thinking like, oh man, I'm this age now, and everybody I know owns a home, and I don't. And mm-hmm. I know if I continue down this path, I'll be. In that world, completely happy, but I don't know. And it's like, do I, is is Dan Whitney happy with his life? I don't know. Uh, I know he does have respect from like some comedians, and some continue to shit on him. Yeah, as Larry Cable guy, I don't know. But it's like, I what I do know is like I can no longer, with a clear conscience, shit on people who make certain choices that make their lives easier. Like yeah. I understand that more now, and being offered a special. Uh, is one of those things that I used to get real. I used to get mad at the comedians, and now it's no. I don't get mad at the comedians. I, I'm mad at the the networks. Sure, they are actively ruining the thing we love. So you, you mentioned know, a little bit ago it is. about getting you know that maybe there isn't a right way anymore to mm-hmm. get you know to get your name out there more. It's right. just 
whatever works. Right. You, you don't really know until it happens. Uh, but one thing that you're doing differently than a year ago is you have a podcast. I do have a podcast, yeah. yeah. The idea behind that was you just you weren't doing enough things? You... Uh, um, that was, that was, uh, I mean, I had, I had a, an awesome oppor- opportunity, if I can, all things comedy, the network, you know, which is owned by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal, uh, who are two of the greatest guys and greatest comedians out there. You know, they, they, that network was like, we want to do a podcast with you. And that, that's an opera. That's like a, I can't turn that down. That's how it I, happened. I, they came yeah. to you. Well, <clears throat> years ago, Al uh, asked me if I was going to do a podcast. This was years ago. And I was like, I don't know. I've thought about it. And he's like, well, when you decide, just let me know. And we'll do it. <clears throat> and then uh, in 2018, I reached back out to him. And I was like, I'm, th- I'm really thinking about doing this. And he set me up with, like, you know, the company. And was like, and they were like, let's do it. So it was a thing of, like, man, you know, podcaster, I don't know if you've ever heard one or done one, but, like, they're pretty... <laughs> They're pretty popular. <laughs> are they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, podcasts are huge. And, like, if done right and done well and done your way, they could be amazing things, you know? And it was just I had been not doing it for so long because I was pushing for so many other things that I realize now maybe will still happen. But w- the reason I wanted to do those things was to get exposure so that people would, more people would come out to the shows. Yeah. I was killing myself to sell a TV show and make that happen. Yeah, acting sounds fun. Writing a show sounds great. But the thing I wanted to do that, the reason I wanted to do it, was so that more butts would fill more seats yeah. at shows. That's it. Yep. And then you start to realize, like, wait a second, podcasts do that and have for years. And, are, and one's being offered. or you could just, Anyone could just do a podcast, but to be with a network like them... Like all things comedy, that's like, got to help. That helps. So it's like I'm I'm an idiot to not do this, and I've got to do it. And Caitlin and I do it, and I think we have a good premise. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and like we, you know, I've listened to some. Yeah, we're still we're still, you know, this is episode three sixty one. We just dropped episode thirty. Thirty, yeah. So we're a little behind <laughs> you, but like you know, that that's what I also kind of love about podcasts is that there there is that afforded kind of time. To, to work out the kinks and the, to let it grow and get bigger. And, you know, you look at, like, everyone talks about Rogan, how big Rogan is. You're like, I, I, I agree. Rogan's arguably the biggest podcast on the planet. Yeah. Um, he also just dropped episode 1390. He, he built it. Yeah. He took time building, pushing, changing, and then it became what it There's is There's like now. 10 years of Joe Rogan audio that exists. Yeah, I mean, yeah, You could listen nonstop for the rest of right. your life, practically. People, people like forget that, like, yeah, Joe put in time to make that podcast yeah. what it is now. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, I listened to your uh, few of them. One of them was the David Cross episode. That was crazy. And I have to say that, yeah. like, as someone who's, you know, been hosting yeah. this for all these years, it... And I know that this was the same. I think it was the same experience for you that when you're like a fan of somebody, Dude. it makes it that much better. And just Dude. it's so fun. It was insane. so fun. And it's hard not to fanboy out on somebody that if you're already a huge fan of, it and was, you're there, you get yeah. to interview them. And they're in, and like he's in our apartment. Okay, yeah, you know, because we do it from our apartment. We just we have a room that we just turn into like a podcast slash audio it's podcast room slash office. That's right. I'm at a place where you know. My girlfriend and I can afford a two-bedroom apartment, one one bathroom. But uh, what? in Brooklyn, well, actually, that part is kind of impressive. But uh, but we turn one of the rooms, and like he comes over because like I hit him up 
Because I, I had met him a few times over the years, and he's always very nice. And, like, I'm he, arguably, I don't know if I said this to him on the podcast, but, like, arguably my one of my biggest influences to start doing comedy is David Cross. Yeah. And, like, Mr. Show is my biggest influence. Yeah. You and I have talked about Mr. Show yeah. in the past. I, I, gonna, the I, I'll, I will still watch it. Mm-hmm. I will still go on HBO Go and just watch random episodes from time to time because I think it's fucking great still. It still And is. it all still holds up. Yeah. And even the shit that they couldn't get, because we had that talk on the podcast uh, Dave Cross and I about things that I was like hey, you definitely could not get away with that today yeah. I still love them and we, him and I later we did a show together later that night just randomly we were on the same show and then we drank for like two more hours and he's a massive Atlanta Falcons fan Oh wow! Which is insane, and you hate a, the Falcons as a massive New Orleans Saints fan. I know. I just never thought he would be a football fan. I surprises me. Like, Most people don't. Yeah, and we just talked shit about Falcons versus Saints, and it was great. But um, what was I talking? About? Oh um, yeah. He, he, I had met him a few times, and then he does like a residency. It's actually really smart what he does when he wants to work out new material. There's this venue in uh, Brooklyn called Union Hall. Which is a very popular comedy venue. Tons of people record albums. Oh, yeah, I've there. heard of it. Yeah. yeah. The main thing that's great about it is it's 80 seats. It's a very small oh, wow. room, right? Yeah. But it's a cool room. So, anyway, he'll do this residency where he'll do just like a show a night where he hosts, but he'll have two to three comedians on. So, he'll go up and do new shit for like 15 minutes and then bring on someone to do 15 minutes of like. You know, A-game shit. Yeah. And then he'll go back on and do 15 more minutes of new stuff. So he'll work out an hour of new shit a night. Anyway, I was doing one of those shows, and he, it was, when I came into the back room, I was like, I'm probably going to have to reintroduce myself. But he was just very like, oh, hey, Sean. Hey, man, good to see you. Thanks for doing the show. And I was like, what? And I got his information, and then just like, Hail Mary email. Like, you probably wouldn't want to. And he was like, yeah, man, totally. And then I was like, oh, great. I'm like, okay, well, we live in this neighborhood in brooklyn but we could come to you and he's like oh no it's fine i live right around the corner I'm like what and then he came over and then yeah you're sitting there for two hours with a guy who like i could quote yeah. most of his work uh-huh. and have you know and like uh have listened to it in like times of being shit-faced drunk times of being like uh, incredibly depressed times of being just happy and on the road and wanting to listen to fucking yep. shut up you fucking baby you know? uh, yes and it was just it, yeah, trying to keep your composure. Like I imagine you do every time I do the podcast. I, I like, I'm never comfortable. Like Sean. I know I, I just notice it's like man, Severson's doing a real good job this year of containing, oh, wiping the his, sweat off my hands, his fandom. You know, <laughs> tell you. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's fucking insane, dude. It was like David Cross is in my apartment, and then he definitely took a shit. He definitely went into the bathroom after the party. He's like, yeah, I got to use your bathroom. I was like, yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> no, you're kidding. And he was definitely in there for. Like, long enough to take a shit time. No. <laughs> and I remember afterwards, after he left, I was like, I'm af- I'm afraid to go in there no. and smell David Cross's shit. Right. Just because I don't know what it would do to me. Uh-huh. I don't know if I would be, be, like, would it make me that much more of a fan? Or would I turn on him and be like, that fucking sh- horrible bowel-having <laughs> fucking piece of garbage. But um, uh, Caitlin went in instead and lit a match. But she said it didn't smell like shit. The only thing that would have made that better is if you would have had to, like, poke it down with a fucking coat hanger. Plugged it up. All right, open it. And it's like that. I take a whiff and just start dying laughing. It's like, that's the most hilarious smelling post shit ever. God, even his gas is hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) 
Mm. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. I, yeah, I got to tell you this. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll put a ball on this one pretty quick. I have to tell you this one. I, another episode of your podcast I listened to. It's called Five Words. If we haven't Five said words. that yet. Yep. Uh, it's available everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, Langston Kerman. Langston Kerman. Who I know very little about. I've yeah. seen that name. Yeah. I listened to that episode. Really good episode. Yeah, thanks. Here's something that's, that I, I wanted to bring up to you. It was uh, you guys re, uh, rehashing a story about you had been in, what, Scotland or England Edinburgh, or so? Yeah. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, earlier Edinburgh, this Edinburgh, year? Edinburgh Fringe. And Scotland, you're talking about a TV show called The Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and Caitlin are saying, uh, yeah, well, we're on, you know, we're on season one. And oh. then he says... Yeah, I'm on season two, and you guys just keep going on and on. And then finally it comes yeah. out, no, dummies, I'm on, like, I'm acting in season two, not I'm on yeah, season two. Yeah, it's yeah. not even available yet. Yeah. That was, that was a fun moment, like, almost, almost uh, Abbott and Costello, who's on first yes. moment. Yeah. There was a bunch of comedians at this place in Scotland called Wings, where it's genius. It, they only serve chicken nuggets and chicken wings with like 80 different types of sauces. Yeah. Oh, it's a great. And they just bring it to you in bowls. And they and you and they could tell. That's what's fucking fun about being an American abroad because we're just so much louder yeah. than okay. every. So like you, there's like a table full of. And, and then comedians are just so much louder sure. than any human being. So there's just a table full of loud comedians barking at each other, just housing spicy wings to sweat out the whiskey. But like. Even though Langston doesn't drink. But, um, yeah, it was just a, yeah, I'm on season two. We're all like, oh, weird, I guess. I even think one of us Weird like, brag. Yeah. Well, I think one of us was like, yeah, because cause I, that is a thing now. Apparently, when shows get picked up on st- most streaming services, they get picked up for two seasons right off the bat. Oh, Yeah, okay. they don't just do that like, because it's, it's picked up. And it's like, all right, definite two seasons because they know it's going to take a while to build with all the competition. Sure. So when he was saying, I'm on season two... Yes, I think a lot of us just had this like, well, it's probably season two's probably out for some yeah. people, like a like a Langston who's on Insecure or has acting. It does a lot of acting. Like maybe he, it's a thing when you're a successful actor, you get access. So it, it felt like a very logical leap in logic. Sure, it reminded me of something. Uh, isn't it funny how? Like when in, there's an accident, a mistake, or something, the things it becomes things become more memorable sure. than like a right. Sure, it's a proven fact. Uh, yeah. So back when I was in high school, I was uh, hitting on this girl, trying to get her to be my girlfriend. Give, give her the Stevenson cleaver. You know, Stevenson <laughs> cleaver. And back then, you know, Cleverson? back then we had to. Uh, <laughs> I think my house we only had one corded phone. I had to go up in my parents' bedroom and try to hide to have privacy on the phone. Did you have a super long cord? As long, yes, yeah, as long as I could possibly buy. Yes. I miss. See, there's nothing. Future civilizations. Uh, listening to podcasts, long cords could stop there too. Mm-hmm. We don't need to get you know. We get the phones. Just do a super long cord. Uh huh. It gives you character. You respect the proximity. Maybe you can, maybe a preteen yeah. or teenager doesn't need that much privacy. Doesn't need that much. Doesn't need to walk that far away. Yeah. Also, you can use a cord to trip your brother. It's fucking That's hilarious. True. Yes. You know, <laughs> hands behind the back, tie them up. Absolutely. Yeah. So I remember hitting on this girl. I wanted her to be my girlfriend, and I was uh, you know telling her about myself. And we went to different high schools. So at one point, I was like, "Yeah, well, I have I have some trouble making friends." And she's like, "No, you what? You don't you have trouble making friends? You I I just think I would think you have a lot of friends." I'm like, "No, no, no! I have friends that cause a lot of trouble. Okay. They're trouble making oh, friends. Trouble making friends. Trouble making <laughs> friends. I'm running with a bad crowd. Is okay. what I should have said. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I I said I have trouble making friends, which sounds completely different. All about the emphasis. If you just said I have trouble making friends, yeah. 
It's like, wait, then what kind of trouble? Uh-huh. What do you mean? Like, that sounds like, do you murder your friends? Right. Do you frame them for murder? Do you, uh, no, I have trouble making friends sounds like, what are you, quiet? Yeah. What are you, fucking, do you, do you just, not, like, social cues? You're not into them? Then I have trouble making friends, wait, trouble making friends. It's like, so what, you just make enemies? Anyway, you put the emphasis on that. <laughs> so many different things. You have to say, yeah, yeah, trouble I making friends. I yeah. have trouble making friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that sounds like, yes, you have trouble making friends. Yeah, yeah it's just like, yeah, that's a... That's like a perfect, I don't even know what you call that, but that's a I don't know. multi-interpretable mm-hmm. phrase. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if multi-interpretable is a word, but I like it. It is now. It is now. Uh, one more thing I want to cover, and then we'll, uh, I'll cut you loose here. I know the answer, but I, can you say on this recording why you call the album Scuttlebutt? I can, yeah. Um, and I didn't, I had to Google it. Oh. What Scuttlebutt was? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's there's a bit, there's a story on the uh, album. It's track four. That is a story that takes place years ago at a strip club uh, in Louisiana called Scuttlebutt. Okay, yeah. And if you look at the cover, do this, do this. Look I already the, did. Yeah, it's go ahead, say it. Pretty spot on. Say look, it. look at the cover of the album, then Google Scuttlebutt Strip Club Slide Down Louisiana, and go to images, and it's a pretty spot i i said i gave that to the it was caitlin caitlin did the artwork i gave it to her and i was like do you think you can illustrate that but put my name in and then put the information in the in the yeah. and she was like yeah and just bam and i was like that's perfect it's a be- i think it's beautiful it's awesome it's like such a ah it catches your eye i love it but um yeah it's it's scuttlebutt it's just it's it's after a strip club that if you've ever driven into or out of new orleans Heading coming into New Orleans or out northern northernly out New Orleans, you have to pass this strip club. Okay, right. Because I saw on your Instagram you posted a thing, you know, saying, "Hey, this is coming out." Right. And I, some of your com- comedian buddies were writing things like, uh, "Oh, that looks familiar. I've seen that. Oh, or yeah, love yeah. that place." Oh yeah. And I'm thinking, well, how are they driving past? How are they yeah. seeing a place and slide out? First strip club I ever went to, and it's a. I mean, I I, I, I I imagine because these days someone's always going to have a problem with something. There's going to be someone who hears that story or fucking loves that strip club and wants to defend it. But 20 years ago, it was a dump. It's still open. It's definitely still open, 100%. Um, and when I went there, I've only been there once, and it was 20 years ago, and it was a fucking raging shithole. But it was, you know, whatever. Because I, I, I looked up online now, and it's classed up a bit. But it's still a pink building called Scuttlebutt off the I-10 service road, 30 miles north of New Orleans. Or 33 miles north, to be exact. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, that's why I named it that. Also because, like, for years, for years, I did not know nor think about the definition of the word Scuttlebutt. I didn't know it was an actual word. I thought it was a made-up Me too. title. A Scuttlebutt. Scuttle, scuttle in to see some butt. You know, it made sense. <clears throat> and then I was in England for the first time in 2015. It was late. Late going over to England for the first time. And someone, a dude, set, a British guy used it in a sentence. And he was like, well, apparently that's the scuttlebutt about. And I was like, what? And then immediately was like, wait a second. And like Googled. It means rumor. It means a rumor yeah. or, or gossip. And I was like, what? And just became enamored. And I just and and plus the memory I had of that place was a story I 
knew when I started doing stand-up I was going to have to tell one day. But I knew it would have to wait till I was very comfortable with who I was on stage myself, but being on stage because it is a very humiliating experience. Okay. And you're not doing that bit. uh, You didn't do it last night here. I didn't do it here. I I mean, to me, it's like it's recorded. I love the way it's recorded. It sounds good. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to leave the bit. That's where it lives now. Okay. You know, and that's where it will be. But like, it's a. I love the story. It's it, and then, and like I said, I love the album. So like, check it out. And I guarantee, if you don't like it, I will uh, talk you out of that mindset. <laughs> Give me a call if you don't like the album, and I'll explain to you why you should. And then you listen to it again, and you'll love it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. How do people contact you uh, for that? Uh- for that complaint. No, I'm kidding. That'd be weird. It's like, <laughs> give me the Sean Patton hotline. You don't like my comedy. Call me and I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Is there anything else we should be mentioning? That, that way, actually, could that be something? I bet there are many Acme employees or just comedians who would be willing to do this, that there'd be a hotline here at Acme that people can call to complain about comedians. Right? <laughs> we have a manager yeah. in the back laughing yeah, right yeah. now. And the, it's hitting something with but them. The, but the the person who who's working the hotline that day uh, has to tell them why they has to like argue with them why they're wrong. <laughs> could, could do you have that in you, Brandon? Could you do that if necessary? He deals with that anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like that could be a thing for like younger comedians. Be like, hey, you want to come work the hotline? Yeah. For a couple hours, you know, give you free food. Yeah, I'll give you free soup. And, That'd be good. Keep, you know? Yeah, I just be like, yeah, I'm calling. Um, I don't like. Uh, who, who, wait, who's a fucking? I don't. I just don't think uh, Sean Patton. I think he's just loud and sort of mean. And then the comedian's like, "Well, you, what you don't understand though is that behind that volume and that rage are some actual tender thoughts about society that are pretty funny." Can you give me an example? And then you just hear someone in the. And that's my that's my complaint about comedy voice. Can you give me an example? I'm gonna deepen it a little bit because I don't think it should be just women. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I don't, give me an example. I just don't see why the guys. <laughs> Where's this guy from? I don't see where the guy. I'm, well, hey, I'm originally from St. <laughs> Paul, but then my, my I got relocated to New Jersey. Oh, okay. And then I split my summers between Eau Claire. And uh, the Jersey Shore. Now I decided, you know, settle out here. The state tax is a little bit lower. Not recently, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, uh, iron welding, that's what I do. And I just, you know, I, I lost some of my hearing over the years. I'm union, union, local 147. But, uh, you know what? I changed my mind. I think that guy's hilarious, actually. I was just calling back to say I apologize for not thinking he was funny. He's pretty fucking good. You know, he does a whole bit. He's doing this whole bit now about sperm. About a, about a sperm coma. I know he, he mentioned it earlier, but a lot of people just be like, oh, it's a bit about sperm. Here we go. But then if you listen to it, it's actually a tale. For the, it's, ah, a, it's an epic. Is it a tale? It's a tale. <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucking hilarious. I'm a, he should use that. But um, <laughs> that would be a fucking funny. Because then you'd have those people who call in. They're like, yeah, I don't like. Uh, I don't like. I'm trying to think of who. I don't want to. Because I don't want to make it sound like I don't like this person. No, it's <laughs> Chad Daniels as an example. He Chad, stopped in last night. Oh yeah, Chad. I don't like Chad Daniels. He's uh, I don't think I think he's just a, you know he's a dad, but that that don't mean he can just shit on me and my bad dad skills. <laughs> and then the comedians be like, well, actually, sir, I mean, do, do you are you are you a bad dad? 
because Chad's, you know, went through a lot. He had kids when he was pretty young, and, it, you know, it was a lot of responsibility at a young age, and he somehow did the right thing and manifested and turned all that into hilarious bits about fatherhood. Now, if you're upset, I feel like you're projecting your own insecurities about your job as a dad onto him. Oh, fuck, dude. At the very you're right. <laughs> at the very least, what you're acting out right now is a YouTube series. This should ought to yeah. start as a YouTube series. Yeah. yeah. Just that, explaining to people then why Netflix, they're wrong. Then, <laughs> then, uh, then Comedy Central, oh. then, uh, then ABC. Yeah, then, then, just, then just Nat Geo. Nat Geo. <laughs> and, then Ge- they fi- and then they find that series, si- Future Civilization finds it, and, re- and, and then it's like, these, we don't know who any of these comedians are because they've been dead for hundreds of years, but we think they're hilarious. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look up episode 361. <laughs> so it's, the, it's, the, it's the one, man. Sean, it's been great. Justin, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Let's do this again the first week of December 2020. December, specifically December 4th, 2020. 2020. Because that will be the Thursday. Perfect. (laughs) See you then. Later.